welcome to Anime Audio Commentary. Today I'll be commenting on episode 10 of Kill la Kill. If you'd like to watch along, start watching now. So last time, we witnessed the fight between Ryuko and Iragamagori, and this time she'll be fighting Inamuda, who is sort of, um, I guess the information council chair. And interestingly enough, we're starting off with the flashback, presumably how Inamuda came into the fold with Satsuki and Honoji Academy. So... We can see here that he was a prodigious hacker, and he used his abilities to tank the stock of, well, we're not sure at this point, some big mega corporation, presumably. Although, it seems like this time he's met his match, considering they were able to track him. So he's definitely bit off more than he can chew. So, ultimately, it seems like Revox, the corporation he was uh, messing with, is part of the Kiryuin conglomerate. So, interestingly enough, he really only targeted Revox because of their impeccable cybersecurity. And I guess because of his prodigious talents, Satsuki was interested in procuring his abilities. You know, that's oftentimes what they do in real life. Government agencies will hire hackers that have transgressed against them because it's better to use them and have their talents go to waste rotting in federal prison.
So after that flashback, now we're getting into the second round of the sudden death runoff. So before the fight actually gets underway, all the ancillary characters are sort of pontificating on what's going on. Mikisagi is trepidatious. Mako's family are uh, interested in getting all the other people watching the TV out of there. Meanwhile, Gamaguri is sitting next to Mako because he's now technically a no-star student. Mako is under the impression that now that they're both zero-star students, that she can now presumably lord over him. Interestingly enough, Mako seems to be an intellectual match for Gamaguri. So, Jakuzare is highly interested in what's going on because, despite Gamaguri losing, she's treating him with mercy, and... When Sanagayama lost to Ryuko earlier, uh, him receiving Satsuki's mercy was not necessarily a given. So, here Inamuda is a much different opponent than Gamaguri was, whereas Gamaguri was more about brute strength and toughness. Inamuda is more analytical. And he's sort of needling at Ryuko about her previous fight saying, Boy, I hope you didn't overexert yourself. Sarcastically, of course. So now he's activated his three-star Goku uniform. Probe regalia. And even Ryuko admits that, inherently, it's not very impressive looking, but it's clearly an analytical machine here. And indeed, we can sort of tell that it's analyzing all the various bits of Senkets in Ryuko. So here is where the analytical power comes into play, sort of. This isn't probably a very good demonstration of it. He was analyzing what Ryuko was likely to do and preparing for that eventuality, but then Ryuko deviated from expectations, therefore wrong-footing him.
Now, interestingly enough, in contrast to other anime, Ryuko knows with the game from the beginning that the only way to deal with someone highly analytical is to be reckless and irrational. So, from the very beginning, she sort of knows what she's dealing with and how best to counteract it. So, Inamuda sort of declares that he has an alternate motive for this fight. Rather than just doing Satsuki's bidding as Gamaguri would, Inamuda is interested in why precisely Ryuko is able to wear something made entirely of life fibers, whereas a mere 50% is near fatal for normal folks. So now Inamuda is playing a psychological game. He's revealing the power of his Goku uniform by becoming invisible and attacking Ryuko from, uh, I guess, alternate angles, catching her unawares. So now Ryuko counters this by becoming, as she says, even more reckless, since recklessness is the only way to win. So rather insightfully, she's deciding the only way to ensure she can win is to attack everywhere at once. So, you know, I, I guess in theory it works, although it didn't really seem like there was much weight behind that attack the way it was animated. But ultimately it worked out. So, Inamuda's in bad shape. He's gotten uh, pretty battered up. So, he decides to surrender rather than have his Goku uniform destroyed. Now, he surrenders much to the surprise of basically everyone and to the annoyance of Gamaguri. Of course, his rationale is that if his Goku uniform is destroyed... He loses all the data he's gathered, and that would be a big shame. So he's saved face by managing to keep his uniform. And interestingly enough, Satsuki doesn't care about that, which hints that she's got her sights set on something bigger and better than just having her Elite Four beat Ryuko Matoi.
So in half the time it took Ryuko to beat Gamaguri, she's also defeated Inamuda and is now moving on to Jakuzare. So Mr. Mikisugi still has his doubts about whether or not Ryuko can really pull out a victory against all four of them. But I guess he's being cautiously optimistic, for want of a better term. So now Mako's family, they're, they're, they're sort of in trouble because they've been kicked out of the free TV that they had previously been watching. They're going to have to find a better way to watch the fight. So Inamuda has joined Gamaguri and Mako down in the no-star section, but already the atmosphere is tense because Gamaguri and Inamuda are sort of at odds with each other, and Mako's caught between the two of them. So now Jakuzare is making her entrance with the marching band. And in doing so, they, they play some nice classical music. Jakuzare makes it painfully clear to Ryuko that she is a notch above the rest. So... This will be a serious fight. And unlike the previous two members of the Elite Four, Jakuzare's Goku uniform takes on a rather large and highly mechanical form. It's kind of like a tank. So Jacuzare's symphony regalia takes the initiative to start attacking. And I guess it's something about her symphony regalia, but Senkets mentions that it's so loud it's hard to think. So it almost seems like the sonic weaponry is especially effective against life fibers. So between all of the ordnance that Jakuzare's symphony regalia provides her, Ryuko's sort of forced on the back foot. 
So now Jakuzure's symphony regalia transforms again, allowing her to fly. So, I guess the fight has sort of evolved in that Ryuko is not able to fly, whereas Jakuzure is. So there's sort of an inherent mismatch here. Now we've got another flashback, this time for Jakuzure. And unlike the other three members of the Elite Four, Jakuzure here is much younger than the other three were when they met Satsuki. They seem to be, uh, like early grade school age. And they, they already seem like they're already friends at this point. So I guess it's clear that from an early age, they had been friends. So Jakuzre sort of has the best relationship of them all with Satsuki. And they've got, even at this age, sort of a difference in temperament. Whereas Jakuzre uses her wiles to get other people to build her a sandcastle. Satsuki has... A concrete skyscraper. So in concept, they're sort of the same thing, but the magnitude of the two is different. So back to the present, Jakuzure is sort of um, bending the rules a little bit. Because technically the rules are you have to stay on the battlefield and not fall without it. But because Jakuzure is flying, she sort of skirts that issue. And because she's now able to fly, she can fire all sort of ranged weapons at Ryuko, who can do little more than dodge or defend against them. So normally Ryuko doesn't have much in the way of fighting at range, so she's sort of using the thread from Senkets, tying it off on the scissor blade, and using it as a harpoon to try and drag Jakuzure back to the arena. And impressively enough, she does manage to sort of do it. And that's a fairly prodigious feat of strength.
So while the fight's going on, Mr. Mikisugi is sort of monitoring things. And it appears he's making a call to his good friend Sumugu. It seems like Mr. Mikisugi isn't fully trusting Ryuko considering she decided to fight the Elite Four anyways. Earlier, Sumugu said that he would give Ryuko a chance, but only a chance, and it seems like Mr. Mikisugi is indicating that she's blown her opportunity. So Jakuzure, with all the ordinance at her disposal, she managed to destroy the arena, but before Ryuka could fall out of bounds, she's transformed Senkets in order to allow her to fly. So it seems like Mr. Mikisugi's trepidation here is because Ryuko is able to keep evolving and progressing with Senkets, get him to do more and more things. And that's giving him pause for thought, especially considering life fibers have a bad habit of overwhelming their wearers. So it seems like Ryuko's really bruised Jakuzure's ego by taking to the sky. Of course, I guess we'll have to wait till next time to see the conclusion of the fight. Alright, well that's it for this episode. 
If you've enjoyed it, then by all means, tune in for the next episode. See you, Space Cowboy.